0: This story takes place in late 2009. As a young kid, my friend and I would spend all summer exploring the surrounding areas in our small New England town. We would spend all day just exploring anything and everything we could find. One day my father told us about an abandoned restaurant deep in the woods. My father told us a story about when he was our age in the early 70s. The restaurant was owned by the local mafia and that group was under investigation at the time for some local people that went missing. The rumor around town was that the Mafia had killed the missing people and dumped the bodies in the quarry that was in the back of the restaurant. This was never proven, but it was never disproven. After hearing this story, it made my friend and I want to find this location more than ever. By the time we went looking for the location, it had been long closed and most of the records had been lost to time. The rest of the summer, it was our goal to find this location. Then on a still September evening, we found it. At the time, we had such a rush that we finally found the location we had been looking for. We had about two hours left of sun, so we decided to do as much exploring as we could do for the day. We started to walk around the outside of the area which had been almost fully taken by nature. When we finally got to the main building, it was still in decent shape for being unused for 20 plus years. After a little while exploring the outside of the building, we found a way in the building through a broken door. We took out our old flip phones and used the screens as a small light. At this point, we had about an hour of sunlight left, and it was soon to be dark, so we walked around the upper part of the restaurant, and all of a sudden, we heard a noise that broke the quiet, still air. I looked at my friend, and in a low voice, I asked him if he heard it. He shook his head, and mouthed the word, yes. At this point, we thought it was just an animal, so we kept exploring. We finally got to the lower part of the restaurant, and as we walked down the steps, we heard another noise much like the first one we had heard. At this point, my friend was freaking out, and was pulling on my arm to head out of the building. Right as I turned my head to look at him, I caught a black object that darted from one side of the hall to the other. At this point, I was freaked out, and wanted to get the hell out of that place as fast as I could. At this point, we're hauling ass up the steps and running as fast as we can to the broken door. At this point, the sun had mostly fell behind the trees as we made it out of the building. I swear we didn't stop running for what felt like miles, and when we felt we had gotten far enough away, Gasping for breath, we turned around and looked at each other, and he had a look in his eyes that said it all. We had no idea if what we saw was real, or just made up in our mind. We walked back to my house. By the time we got back, it was about 9pm. We talked about what we saw and made a plan to head back the next day during the morning, and see if we could find out if what we saw was real or not. The next morning, my friend and I made the hour or so walk back to the building. The first thing we did when we got back was go and look in the area we had been the night before. We entered the building as quietly as we could. We got to the lower part of the building and looked in the area I saw the black finger. We went into the room I had seen the black mass and on the floor. It was a mess of old bedding and nasty looking shirts and pants. But no person. After seeing this, we felt very unnerved and wanted to leave the area. We left the building and decided to try and find the quarry my dad had told us about. It took about 10 minutes to find, but we did. We wanted to walk around the outside of the huge rock face. We got about halfway around the huge circle when we heard some sounds that sounded like very heavy footsteps, no more than 20 feet away from us. Before we could figure out what was happening, a huge nasty looking man in his late 40s with long light colored hair jumped out and tackled my friend. I then started to kick and punch the man trying to get him off of my friend. After what felt like an eternity, the man got up and pulled out a large hunting knife from his pants. In this moment, the man was going for the knife. I pulled my friend up and we ran as fast as we could to get away from the old man. We sprinted like the night before, but this time we knew what we saw was real. We got back to my house in about half the time it normally takes. We got in and locked the door and fell to the floor, scared and shocked. My friend wanted, me- my friend wanted for me to call my dad and tell him what we just went through. At the time I was scared and too shocked to do anything. We waited till both my parents got home to tell them what took place today. We told them the story from the night before. After telling them the story, we could tell they didn't fully think what we told them was true. My friend and I went to my room and got upset that my parents didn't believe us. We tried to get over it and tried to move on. Later that night, my friend and I were sitting in the living room playing a video game at about 11pm. At this point, we had started to move on from the events of the day. When all of a sudden, we saw the backyard light turn on. And we got scared and had a flashback to the events of the day. I built up the nerve to go to the back door and look outside. I noticed that my shed door was cracked open and I knew for a fact we always kept the door shut. I ran up to my parents room and shook my dad to get him up and see what was going on outside. Annoyed that I woke him up, he soon agreed and walked down and saw what we were talking about and wanted to take a look and see what was outside. He cracked the door and slowly walked to the shed. My dad got about 5 feet away from it when an older man ran out of the shed and ran into the woods into the back of my house. My dad ran to the house and told me to call the police. I did and within 5 minutes the cops showed up. I had to tell my story of what took place at the abandoned building in the woods and after telling the cops what took place, they went to go look in the shed and found a large hunting knife on the floor. The police took it and told my parents they would have the cops in the area looking for the man. A week passes and the police had not caught the man or any new information so we had started to move on again. Fast forward about 8 years later, my friend and I are now in college. I was calling my mom one day, and she said she had a story she needed to send me. She sent it to me, and it was a story of a local man that had gone missing a week ago while hiking in the woods that surrounded my town. The man was found dead in the same building many years ago I had encountered with the old man. I'm not saying he had anything to do with it, but it seems like a strong connection. When I was a little girl, I lived in an apartment complex with my mother. The entire complex consists of two buildings that sat side by side, less than a hundred feet apart, with four two-bedroom flats, two upstairs and two down. We lived downhill about a hundred yards from a major five lane road, but you never would have known due to the thick woods that bordered the complex on three sides. The last side was an area cut for power lines that ran next to our driveway, with the graveyard directly beyond it. It should go without saying that this setup was a recipe for many childish shenanigans as well as creepy encounters. On the front side of the complex and along the power line side were thick blackberry brambles. They weren't quite as thick along the power line area, but in the front of the apartment. You couldn't stick your arm in there without it being torn apart by the thorns, and it was so thick that it was nearly impossible to push through. This is relevant later. I was the only young child that lived there full time, and all the neighbors were, to the best of my knowledge, fond of me. I was active in Girl Scouts, so when it was time I would go around to all the neighbors for orders. Then when they came in, I'd get my little wagon and deliver them. Because my mother knew and trusted all the neighbors, I would do this all by myself. The day this happened, I had taken my wagon to the other building to deliver cookies to some of my mother's friends, and was walking back. I hadn't meant to stay as long as I had, but they had an aquarium that I was fascinated with. That day, my mother's friend's husband had bought some new fish, so I had spent about 45 minutes helping them pick out names, so when I began to walk back, dusk had fallen. I had walked about seven steps off their porch when I had a bad feeling. Now I understand I'm an empath, and I've learned to listen to my intuition, but back then I just had to poo. Bad. I stopped for a second to settle my stomach and heard a noise. When I looked to the front of the apartments where the blackberries were the most thick, initially I couldn't see anything. And I want to say he flicked a lighter or something, almost like he was trying to purposefully alert me to his presence. The second I saw him, I froze. He had shoulder-length stringy black hair bad skin and looked like a skeleton. He was so skinny. Knowing what I know now, I imagine he was probably strung out. I realized when he knew I saw him, because his face split in a wicked, not-at-all friendly grin. Then he began tearing his way through the blackberry brambles towards me. I began running towards my house while screaming bloody murder as I heard his feet slap the pavement behind me. I got to my steps and my Uncle Mike, who lived next door, flung his door open to see what the hell was going on. But the man had disappeared i began screaming and crying about the man that had chased me out of the woods because mike hadn't seen him initially he thought i let my imagination run away with me but when they looked at the area i said he emerged from there was a clear path and blood from where he'd been cut by the thorns after they took their machete to cut away the brambles and investigate where he'd come from they discovered a small area he'd been standing in with a small pile of cigarette butts like he'd stood there waiting for me and when he saw me walk across initially A few weeks later, deeper in the woods, my mother's boyfriend and I discovered a small tent with assorted paraphernalia and very disturbing porn. No one mentioned the connection, but I was very mature for my age, so when I thought about it, it disturbed me very much. I was 18 at the time. One evening, me and my two friends, Mike and Paul, decided to go camping. Well, Camping maybe isn't the right word since we didn't intend to spend the night, only to chill and have some fun around the campfire for a while. The plan was simple. Head out, build a campfire, drink a few bottles of wine, eat something and head back home for a good night's sleep. We met at my house, when it was still sunny outside. We got ready and we headed out. Our destination was an old abandoned quarry in the middle of the woods, which was maybe about 40 minutes from my house. Even though the quarry has a tragic and frankly creepy history, It's a popular place for such occasions. When we got there, the sky was already colored red as the sun slowly sank behind the hills. We quickly gathered all the firewood that we could, so we wouldn't have to look for it later. As the darkness fell and absorbed all of our surroundings into impenetrable blackness, we already managed to get the fire going. We were in a great mood and we were getting ready for our first toast. That's when we realized that we made a horrible mistake. We forgot the corkscrew. We were trying to open the wine without it. But we quickly gave up, because the bottles were quite expensive and we didn't want to damage them. At this point it was clear that one of us would have to sacrifice himself and jog back to retrieve the corkscrew. After a bit of haggling, I volunteered. However, I had two conditions. Firstly, they would give me a hatchet in case something went wrong along the way. Secondly, no pranks when I got back. Mike and Paul agreed without hesitation. They shoved a hatchet into one of my hands and a flashlight into the other and then sent me on my way. As I was jogging through the forest, I heard a noise resembling a wild boar. Suddenly, I remembered a warning I received from an older hunter a few days ago. He said that this time of year, boars were getting dangerous, especially at night. I was a bit nervous, but luckily I managed to survive with no harm. I arrived safely to my house, much to the surprise of my mom who didn't expect me so early. I explained the whole deal. She just laughed. I grabbed the corkscrew and was back on my way. Not wanting to experience an unpleasant boar encounter, I chose another slightly longer path, this time through an open field. After a while, I got to our spot. It was a small clearing surrounded on one side by massive rocks, maybe 70 meters tall, and on the other side by a thick forest. Somewhere in the middle of the clearing was our campfire. When I approached it, I realized that there wasn't anybody, although our backpacks were still on the ground and the fire was burning bright. Great. We specifically agreed that there would be no pranks when I got back. Those dicks think that they're funny, I thought to myself. I resignedly sat down near the fire while facing the woods. That's the only place where those two assholes could have hidden, I thought. I was really tired, and all I could think about was the taste of that exquisite Pinot Noir we brought with us. I really wasn't in the mood for their games, and I was getting quite mad. That's when I heard a snapping of twigs and rustling of leaves from the edge of the forest, maybe 30 meters from where I was sitting. The sound was rhythmical, and it was undoubtedly the sound of somebody walking. I aimed my flashlight to the spot where sounds were coming from. Between the trees, I spotted a tall person wearing a dark hoodie. As I shined my flashlight on him, he stopped walking, turned to me, and just kept staring motionlessly. Even though he was directly facing me, I couldn't really see his face. I shouted, Paul, you fat bitch. I know you're trying to scare me. We agreed on something, so stop messing around and come out. As I finished... The hooded figure just turned around and walked deeper into the woods. Exactly at that time, my phone started ringing. Hastily, I took it out of my pocket. It was Mike. I took the call and started barking at him. Really funny, you assholes. I thought we agreed on something. What are you talking about? I'm talking about you trying to fuck with me. I clearly saw you, so you can come out now. Mike, as if frozen for a minute, for what seemed like an eternity. All I can hear was his heavy breathing, and Paul mumbling something in the background. When he finally snapped back to reality, he just said, Dude, we're at your house. We heard some footsteps. At first, we just thought that you were trying to fuck with us, but then we got scared and decided to look for you. I forgot the phone at your house, so we couldn't even call you. Just get the hell out of there, and we'll come back for our stuff together. Bullshit, that's just another one of your funny pranks, and I'm not buying it. Hold on a second. For a while, all I can hear was some incoherent mumbling. Hey, what's going on? Asked the voice of my mom calling from the phone. My head suddenly spun around and my heart skipped a beat as I realized they weren't kidding. Suddenly, a freezing wave of fear ran through my body. However, I managed to convince my mom that everything was just fine, that she doesn't need to worry. She gave the phone back to Mike. Just leave everything and come back. We're heading out now. We'll meet you halfway there. I'm not going anywhere alone again. You better get your asses here and do it quick. I'm waiting for you, but... I hung up. I didn't wish to make any more noise than I already did. I quickly turned off my flashlight and started back off from the light of the fire. I moved all the way to the huge wall of rocks. I figured that if my back had covered by the rocks, I would eliminate one of the possible ways that the unwanted visitor could approach me. I was standing there in complete darkness, trying not to make a sound while tightly clutching my hatchet which would be for the next half an hour, my best friend. I had to constantly convince myself not to curl into a ball of fear. Even my own body started to betray me. As my hearing got worse due to my savagely beating heart, I was trying to calm myself. But then again, in a worst case scenario, every little bit of adrenaline would help. After what seemed like an eternity, I spotted two weak light beams coming from the forest. I heard Paul shout my name. I'd never been so relieved. I finally ran out of hiding to greet my two friends. For quite some time, we were just standing there, laughing like maniacs from relief. We were even getting a little bit cocky. After all, there was just one supposed creep lurking between the trees. And there was three of us. Funny. Just minutes earlier, I was shitting myself with fear, and now I was suddenly full of tough macho bullshit, thinking, what could possibly happen? In the end, healthy judgment got the better of us, and we decided to leave. We packed our things, put out the fire, and got out. We took our bottles of wine to enjoy somewhere else. Somewhere where it's nice and brightly lit.